0: Again, the URL is unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unconfirmed, the podcast that reveals how the marquee names in crypto are reacting to the week's top headlines and gets the inside scoop on what they see on the horizon. I'm your host, Laura Shin. You may have heard, I'm doing a survey. We want to know, how do you think we can make the show better? How would you like to see Unchained and Unconfirmed expand? If you could just take a moment and go to surveymonkey.com slash r slash unchanged survey 2019. That's surveymonkey.com slash r slash unchanged survey 2019. Your answers will be a huge help to me and my team here. Also, those who answer the survey can enter to win one of five free Casa Bitcoin Lightning nodes, plus a free year of Casa's gold membership, including a multi-sig security app for iPhone and Android, a Trezor hardware wallet, a Casa Faraday bag, and 24-7 support. Those of you interested in learning more about Casa or about protecting your Bitcoin investment generally should check out my interview with CEO Jeremy Welch. Thank you to Casa for donating. Are you ready
1: for global cryptocurrency money laundering regulations? CypherTrace secures the crypto economy with powerful AML tools for exchanges, crypto businesses, and
0: regulators. Today's guest is Dylan Chen, CEO of Edgeware. Welcome, Dylan.
1: Hi, how's it going?
0: Good, good. I just traveled a little bit and I'm so glad to to be at home. Um, But anyway, (laughs) the show is not about me. So why don't you tell me, what does Edgeware do?
1: Yeah, um, I guess the the tagline for Edgeware is it it is a Polkadot smart contract platform. Um, And I guess like along those, the the three legs that it kind of stands on, um, it is a Wasm smart contract platform. So you have to, you can write in uh, Rust, C++, Assembly, um, and any language you're comfortable with that compiles down to to Wasm. Um, Two, it's built on Polkadot. um, And three, it's on-chain governed. Um, And to seed the network, uh, we're doing this thing we're calling the lock drop. So you lock your Ethereum and you can get Edgeware tokens kind of in return.
0: And so talk a little bit more about how the lock drop works.
1: Yeah. So I guess like to, to preface this a little bit, um, we we decided on the lock drop um, kind of like in uh, November of 2018 when we were first like conceiving of the project. And the reason for that is one, we just needed to decide on a way to, to seed like a proof of stake network, um, with like what we felt like would be like a healthy ecosystem. And an ICO was obviously out of the question, an airdrop didn't seem like the right way to do things. So we needed kind of like a happy medium to, to have people, um, put a little skin in the game, but still have like wide participation. And so the lock drop, uh, was kind of the mechanism we, we chose, so the lock drop, basically, you time lock your Ethereum, you basically send your um, Ethereum to a smart contract, it creates a small individual lock contract, and uh, you can lock for three six, 3, 6 or 12 months, you can redeem your Ethereum at the end of that process, and um, you also basically uh, the Ethereum that you lock up is counted towards um, this lock drop, and so you can claim essentially Edgeware tokens at the end of this whole again. Um yeah, that's that's the, the lock drop in the nutshell. Um if you lock up for longer, you get um a little bit of bonus uh edgeware token. So for three months, you'll get like basically the face value of Ethereum. For six months, you'll get um uh 30% or sorry, 130% of your Ethereum. And uh for locking for 12 months, you'll get 220% of your Ethereum essentially in Edgeware token. Yeah, that's the kind of uh, process in a nutshell. There's a few bells and whistles, but uh, maybe I'll just pause there.
0: And why don't you also talk about one of the last ways to participate in the log shop, which is through something called signaling?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, again, we we basically want to uh, widen participation um, on, uh, on Edgeware. And so we kind of like, what is like, scratch our heads a little... Bit and and thought about a way to like lower the bars even further. Um, if you can't lock up for three months, we know that that can be out of the question for some people. Um, we felt that um, adding this signaling option would be uh, the right move. So basically, what you do is you you sign a, a transaction, you ping um, the the drop smart contract with an address. Um, it can be your address that you're basically sending the transaction from, or you can essentially essentially send a transaction on behalf of an account or contract that you created. Um, And the reason for this kind of second option is basically because uh, there's a lot of multi-sigs that people like hold funds in um, that kind of we wanted to be able to participate in this process. There's one other kind of like wrinkle, which are maybe two wrinkles basically is if you signal um, instead of like a bonus, you'll get like a deduction since you're you're not really putting up... um, any opportunity cost of your Ethereum. Um, so instead you'll get uh, 20% basically of the face value of whatever gets signaled. Um, and then uh, the other thing is you'll get 25% of the Edgeware tokens on network launch September 15th. Um, and then uh, also 75% a year later, essentially. So September, September 15th, 2020. Yeah, that's that's the the other option to participate. It's kind of the, the lowest um, hanging fruit so to speak.
0: And why did you decide on the lock drop as your way of distributing the token as opposed to, you know, for instance, uh, an ICO?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so one, I guess uh, we one is like the larger question of like uh, thinking about what um, we should actually, I don't know, be looking at in our crypto projects. Um, we really wanted to build like a, a healthy ecosystem and we we know like one of the, the biggest measures of that is like number of addresses that actually have like an any amount of token and that's like especially small for projects in their early days um, but the lock drop process is actually going on right now um, it started June 1st um, and if I remember correctly I think we have uh, two over two Twenty one hundred um, individual transactions that have kind of been sent, and so that corresponds to around um, sixteen hundred different addresses that that um, have participated in, in this process, and that's only in the first uh, ten or so days. Um, and so, you know, over the kind of three months that the lock drop process is going on, um, we hope to have like a, a larger like set of stakeholders versus uh, an ICO that might have only had maybe you know one or two thousand. People participate. Um, we felt an open process where people, I guess, aren't investing money uh, uh, felt like the right thing to do. Is there anything else? Maybe, I mean, we didn't really need to, to raise any other funds um, since we're equity funded and the Edgeware network is kind of like being hopefully launched organically again through this process. Yeah, that would be the uh, probably the last reason as well.
0: And how do you think that doing the lock drop as opposed to an ICO will affect the distribution of the tokens other than just perhaps making it available to, or other than just having more people participate in sheer numbers?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. I would say that it, it would, we hope it incentivizes um, a different set of participants to come in. Um, we, I guess through the lock drop process, you have to specify um, a specific Edgeware address, like the new uh, address on the new network that we're helping launch. Um, and basically, we do that because we want to um, have people that are actively participating. So whether they be developers, core network developers, dApp developers, like governance enthusiasts who want to... You know, run on-chain governance experiments on edgeware, um, or just like end users, um, versus like a, a speculator who who might be thinking more about, uh, I guess, like the future value of uh, edgeware. And so, hopefully, the lock drop process um, drives the the kind of like the former, so active participants versus speculators. Yeah, that would be. That would be the largest hope. Um, we'll, we'll see it kind of like as the kind of like network plays out. Um, I think I think that's something that you can only really tell as time goes on.
0: Can you or anyone else use the ETH that's locked up?
1: Uh, no, it, that's a, that's a it's it's something that um, sometimes we joke about internally. But so the locked drop process uh, basically the funds are time locked and only you can only you the the contract um, or sorry, the, uh, the sender can redeem or use the Ethereum. Yeah. The reason for that is kind of, we, we thought we let's go with like the most plain vanilla option. Um, it's obviously the lock drop is, um, kind of experimental in, in, in its own right. And so any other, um, bells and whistles, like we, we thought like could come in probably a future network. Um, although I, I think I mentioned this a little earlier or, uh, that, um, we had some community members like come up with like creative ways that, uh, the funds might be used in a, a future lock drop, potentially like opening up like a Uniswap, uh, or like adding to a, a liquidity pool, um, and kind of like earning a little bit of, I guess, interest, so to speak. Um, and then funding potentially like a, a treasury for, for that new network that's being spun up. That could be something pretty fun to, to play with. Uh, shout out to, uh, uh, token, token economy for that idea.
0: We're going to discuss how Edgeware fits into the overall ecosystem in a moment, but first a quick word from our fabulous sponsors. Ready or not, the Financial Action Task Force
1: anti-money laundering recommendations soon go into effect globally. If you handle cryptocurrencies, no matter where you do business, these new AML laws will apply to you. CypherTrace helps exchanges, ICOs, funds, brokerages, and regulators understand and manage crypto asset and compliance risks. Learn how to reduce your exposure and prepare now for tough new regulations. CypherTrace is securing the crypto economy. Learn more at Cyphertrace.com slash unconfirmed.
0: Hey everyone, don't forget Unchained is doing a survey, and if you give us your feedback, you can be entered to win some pretty awesome prizes. We want to know, how do you think we can make the show better? How would you like to see Unchained expand? Please take a moment and go to surveymonkey.com slash r slash Unchained Survey 2019. That's surveymonkey.com slash r slash Unchained Survey 2019. It won't take long, I swear. And when we get all your feedback, Unchained will be even better than before. What more could you want than that? Okay, okay. There is something more you could want. You could maybe want to win some of the prizes we're giving out to survey respondents. You could be one of the five lucky people to win a free Casa Bitcoin Lightning Node, plus a free year of Casa's gold membership, including a multi sig security app for iPhone and Android, a Trezor hardware wallet, a Casa Faraday bag, and 24 7 support. Those of you interested in learning more about CASA or about protecting your Bitcoin investment generally should check out my interview with CEO Jeremy Welch. Thank you to CASA for donating. Again, the URL is surveymonkey.com slash r slash unchained survey 2019. Go there now to give us your thoughts on the future direction of Unchained and enter the giveaway. Back to my conversation with Dylan Chen of Edgeware. So you mentioned for signaling that people res- will receive a quarter of the tokens that they're owed um upon ne- network launch and then the the remaining 3 quarters a year later. And so when did the other uh lockshot participants receive their tokens?
1: They receive their tokens on uh, the the network launch date as well. So they just get a uh, 100% of like what they should be owed essentially. So September 15th. And
0: then there's one There's one subset of people we didn't mention, uh, which I find so fascinating, but basically the people who have funds frozen in the parity multi-sig wallet, they can participate in the lock drop. So how does that work?
1: Yeah. So one uh, I'd like to definitely bring up. So we're we're looking for active participants and people who we feel like um, will bring a lot of value to the ecosystem. Um, And so... We feel like uh, people who definitely participated in in that previous, um, I guess, uh, a process like should also be able to participate, participate here. Um, I would also like to note that, like the that's only one example of people that um, are able to participate in this process. We we kind of like instituted something called um, a generalized lock, so people who basically can send a signal transaction. Um, and then if we look at the, the contract address that they might've signaled on behalf of, if they, if you can't send, uh, uh um, like a message or like a, a transaction that has like, uh, like an ETH value greater than zero, basically, uh, what that effectively means is like, you, you are, you're not able to move your Ethereum for like the, the period of that lock process, then we will count it as a lock versus a signal. Um, and so one of those would be, uh, um, the parity multi-sig, uh, class of like, uh, wallets that were kind of created. Um, and then other kind of like unrecoverable quote unquote funds are also able to participate. Yeah. So we felt like they would bring a lot of value to the, uh, uh, a new network because they, they certainly have, uh, a lot of, uh, skin in the game, um, and like have, uh, have t- know what, um, h- how early kind of we are in the, the evolution of like. I don't know crypto networks are we are
0: Yeah I mean there's kind of a lot of money locked up uh, in the parity frozen funds it's I think like 587 wallets and they're holding uh what in dollar terms is more than a billion dollars worth of ether so that you know I think that does uh, open up a lot of people who maybe have Ether, I don't know if have is the right verb, but <laughs> right, uh, at right. one point had um, or, or at, at one point had access to uh, and no longer have access to their Ether. But um, but they can at least uh, sort of participate in the ecosystem in another way. So let's then talk about what it is that people will do with the tokens. You mentioned that Edgeware is for governance. So mm-hmm. once people get their tokens, what can they do with them?
1: Yeah. So, um, so of the, so I think we've, we've had like about, uh, 250,000 ETH locked in the first, uh, 10 days. And so this process is running over the whole summer. And so hopefully that can, continues to grow. Um, and, uh, I want to say like 660,000, uh, signaled as well. Um, and so hopefully that again, knock on wood, um, people continue to to participate in the process. And so once all these people are at till the end of the summer, Um, August, uh, at the end of August, um, get into like September 15th, uh, the Edgeware network launches, um, basically we'll have a fully functional smart contract platform. So, um, validators will, will be able to, uh, stake, um, or bond, um, for their own validator to, to mint new blocks. People will be able to delegate to these validators, um, and like earn, rewards in terms of edgeware token um, people will be able to pay for essentially gas uh, or transactions um, on the network um, and like for functioning of, of any smart contract and they'll be able to, to vote and, and basically allocate more funds from uh, a, a DAO, a DAO um, an edgeware DAO. It's like one Wrinkle is that fifty um, percent of the initial block reward in the first year um, will be allocated to a treasury, and um, so it should be like pretty sizable in terms of like raw, raw like edgeware or sorry like edgeware tokens, um, and so it should be like a, a pretty fun experiment uh, in terms of like governing and and uh, uh, and on chain governance,
0: and so. Since you're going to be functioning as a parachain on Polkadot, um, how do you see Edgeware fitting into the overall ecosystem?
1: Yeah, um, I guess like one thing I would definitely note is I feel like the the ecosystem has been really supportive from like different parachains that are active or coming online now, like ChainX um, out here in China. I'm actually here in China right now, so I guess like shout out, but. Also, the fact that like there's there's a bunch of other projects like um, Polka Pocus, um, Enzyme, uh, Speckle, like other projects that kind of support the whole ecosystem. And so, for for edge specifically, specifically, um, a lot of the pair chains that we've kind of seen are kind of like app specific. So they could be a Dex like Chain ChainX specifically. Or, or another chain like, Air, you know, Aragon is going to build a DAO chain specifically. And so, uh, within the kind of like, uh, Polkadot ecosystem, there's still, we, we feel like should be like a, a general purpose smart contract platform, um, where people can still kind of like have the playground that we kind of know and love from Ethereum, um, and then interact still with the larger kind of like application specific pair chains. That's kind of the, the, the role we, we kind of hope we can play in the ecosystem. Uh, It's still pretty early um, in the lifecycle. Polkadot, uh, God willing, will kind of launch um, at the end of uh, this year. And so we're kind of excited for for the ecosystem to kind of form around that.
0: And so Edgeware, since it's a governance chain, will those tokens then be usable for performing any type of governance um, actions on other parachains?
1: Um, let me think. It would be, it would be really cool for that to happen. Um, and so actually one experiment that's kind of being run right now, um, one of the community members, Garrett, uh, he's running a project or a DAO essentially on Edgeware, um, called, uh, our node. Um, it, like basically it's, it's kind of like Moloch built on, um, Edgeware and right now kind of donations, um, are, are being accepted in Edgeware token and DOTS. And so uh, I think what will happen is that DAO will run on Edgeware and uh, basically it could send funds to a different parachain, kind of as like the first step. Um, and so that would be that'd be a really exciting thing. And so like basically, you know, any any Edgeware smart contract like should be able to interoperate um, with any other smart contract and more specifically DAOs in general. And so that's kind of like I think the the top way that um edgeware. And, like, the Entry token holders would be able to interact and help govern, like, any other parachain.
0: Interesting. All right. Well, I guess we'll see um, how the lock drop goes and whether or not this uh, kind of becomes a new way that people try to uh, distribute their tokens. Um, Actually, you know, before we go, just one last question. So Mm -hmm. are there any issues um, regulatory-wise regarding the lock drop?
1: It looks like we are preliminarily in the clear. I think since um, we're not uh, a let me let me let me mentally refresh real quick. Um, since we're not taking essentially any investment, we're not using um, the to, or sorry the the Ethereum itself to to fund further development. Um, the network, we, we think it like, it, it should be fully functional. We've run several test nets. You can build smart contracts, you can validate, do all these other things. Um, and like, uh, yeah, so it looks like we're, we, we've kind of, uh, are, are in the clear from that perspective. Yeah.
0: Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Cause the airdrop issue, the SEC was making noise about that. So, um, yeah. hmm. all right. Well, um as so much uh, regarding that topic uh, i think it remains to be seen how that will play out yeah um but thanks for coming on the show it's been great having you on unconfirmed
1: no thank you for having me um it's always a always a pleasure
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. To learn more about the topics we discussed, be sure to check out the links in the show notes of your podcast player. If you haven't yet taken the Unchained Survey or entered to win a free Casa node, do so now at surveymonkey.com slash r slash Unchained Survey 2019. Unconfirmed is produced by me, Laura Shin, with help from Factual Recording, Anthony Yoon, Daniel Nuss, and Rich Struffolito. Thanks for listening.